Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. Is if you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Paul Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. We've got a great guest lined up for you this week. Andrew Hawkins, former NFL wide receiver, who played six seasons in the NFL for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns. He's now the co-founder and president of sports technology company Status Pro. This guy grinds. He hustles. He was building relationships while he was still an NFL player. He's parlayed those into his own sports technology company now. Uh, NFL Pro Era is going to be available in the fall of 2022. They just dropped the trailer. It's a virtual reality simulation game. Uh, It's featuring all the NFL quarterbacks, but Lamar Jackson of the Ravens is in the trailer. It's a really cool trailer. So we're going to learn about VR. We're going to learn about entrepreneurship. If you're an athlete, you're going to learn about how to build relationships during your playing career so you can parlay those into your post-career. Just a really good conversation with Andrew Hawkins coming up on this edition of Sports Business Radio. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing good, and uh, I just love the world of uh, virtual reality. I'm learning more and more about it, and uh, it's fascinating stuff. I've done a few little games here and there, and it is, uh, it's is—it's a whole other world, and it is really, really captivating. So fun interview today, learning some more about the VR world. The other thing we'll talk about with Andrew is uh, the NFL draft is coming up this Thursday, so we'll talk about that in a minute. And then also, he played in Cleveland, so what does he think about the Browns signing Deshaun Watson? We'll talk about that with Andrew Hawkins as well. So let's start with our headlines, Griggs. The NFL draft this Thursday, it's in Las Vegas. It's not one of those glamorous drafts. You don't have all the quarterbacks and the running backs and the wide receivers. This is a lot of offensive linemen, edge rushers, defenders. You know, I will be interesting to see what the ratings are, but I just don't have the same sense of excitement around this draft as I have with ones in previous years. Yeah, I agree. I mean, quarterbacks obviously are the the, the face of NFL, and uh, that's what you always kind of look for in the draft. And you're, you're right. I mean, I'm looking at the board that I'm looking at now. It's cornerback, cornerback, tackle, tackle, you know, d- the ed- edge rusher. So it's uh, it's an interesting board. Always fun. The NFL draft is always fun. I think they do a great job with it. But uh, yeah, it's a little different with not a bunch of uh, A-list quarterbacks on the top. Well, and remember, this... Vegas draft was supposed to happen, but the pandemic wiped it out. So it got postponed. So now it's happening in Las Vegas. You know that Vegas is always a party anyways. So there's going to be some interesting things going on. Uh, ESPN and the NFL Network are both going to have coverage of the draft. Kirk Herbstreet, our friend who's been with us on Sports Business Radio, he posted a video on his social media platforms. He's got a blood clot, so he's not going to be part of the draft. So we wish the best to Kirk Herbstreet and hope he has a speedy recovery. But uh, I'll be interested to see you know, the coverage. Obviously, again, a few years ago, we had Roger Goodell sitting in his basement at home calling out the picks. And, and you know, now, like last year, it's going to be back to normal. You're going to have the players there walking on the stage. It's going to be in person. You know, I think it's going to look like it did in, in 2019. I think that one was in Nashville. So it should be a party in Vegas, Griggs. Yeah, it's always going to be fun. I mean, uh, with the people around and families there and Vegas in the backdrop, it's going to be fun. You get a lot more energy with the, uh, you know, people in person, obviously. So 
I'm watching my uh, Oregon edge, Kayvon Thibodeau. I want him going top uh, top five at least. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I've seen him all over the map in the projections. So who knows? That's the other thing is everyone's projections, they couldn't be more different. You know, usually everyone's in alignment on who the top 10 picks are going to be. All the projections I'm seeing, they've got Malik Willis all over the place. They've got Kenny Puckett all over the place. They've got Thibodeau all over the place. There's even some talk about who's going to be the number one pick. So, you know, there's going to be some intrigue. I don't think anyone knows who's going where. Uh, Who is it? Budweiser that's offering, you know, a million bucks or something like that to whoever picks all the picks right in the first round. I mean, is there anyone Going to pick all the the picks in the first round. I, that you would be Nostradamus if you're doing that. Yeah, you got some major major insight on that one because I agree. It's like every single board or expert you look at is completely different. So that that makes it kind of fun though. I mean, you're going to be watching Thursday night wondering, okay, who's going to be the actual number one pick? So it's it's must watch TV. I love how ESPN and NFL Network are kind of coming teaming up together too. That'll be fun to see what they do. All right, let's talk NBA playoffs. Uh, there's a lot of drama going on. Some of the series you thought would be over quickly, like Phoenix over New Orleans, as we record, that's tied at two. And New Orleans is playing like a team with nothing to lose. And we're starting to see some of the young players like Herbert Jones really emerge on this stage. The Minnesota-Memphis series has been interesting to watch. Luka is back. So Dallas has taken the lead over Utah, um, you know, in the East, I, I don't know who to pick between Boston, Milwaukee, and, and Miami. They all look outstanding. And any one of those I could see advancing to the finals. But what everyone's talking about, Griggs, much like they were the Lakers not making the playoffs, is the Brooklyn Nets getting swept. And, you know, I know it's been said on other shows, but I'm going to say it. And I, I think I was one of the first to say it. Kevin Durant will regret his entire career leaving Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Steve Kerr to go play with Kyrie Irving, his buddy from AAU ball in Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving has shown he is not a dependable, reliable player. And I don't mean just like on the court. I mean, getting him on the court in the first place. Ben Simmons I have never seen anything like this guy. And, you know, I'm going to say something that that might be a little bit unpopular. I am all for mental health and I go to therapy and I, I think it's very, very important. But I also think there's a fine line where you're using mental health as an excuse so that you don't have to do your job. And I think we've reached that point with Ben Simmons. I really thought when he went to Brooklyn, if nothing else, he'd want to show Philadelphia you know what? I'm better. I got myself healthy. I'm back on the basketball court and I want to be there for my teammates. That didn't happen. He never played. He went the entire season and didn't play one game. So if I'm Kevin Durant and I'm looking around and I'm going, my two main teammates, Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving are unreliable. One guy takes most of the season off for uh, personal reasons. And then the other guy takes the entire season off once we acquire him and needed him, obviously, in that series against Boston. And Boston played great, so take nothing away from them. But Griggs, the story of the offseason is going to be Kevin Durant and what does he do in Brooklyn? Because, again, I don't think you can rely on Kyrie and Ben Simmons. So if you're looking forward into the future, you're going, oh, boy. Am I going to have to do this all by myself, which he's proven he can't, which most people can't. What's going to happen in LA with LeBron? And then what's going to happen in Portland with Dame Lillard? So each one of those guys is going to be like recruiting and trying to rebuild the roster. And to me, that might turn out to be more interesting to watch than the NBA playoffs. And the playoffs have been really entertaining so far. Well, yeah, I think the NBA is becoming like the NFL, where the offseason is just as exciting as the regular season, because there's so many big names jumping teams every single season and these max contracts and these, you know, new coaches. I mean, it's literally the offseason is just as exciting, like you said. I mean, cool. The playoffs are great. And I agree. They've been very fun and compelling and all over the place. But man, the offseason, once again, is going to be fascinating in the NBA uh, but yeah, man, it, uh, it, it's been fun. Playoffs have been fun. I'm watching in pretty much every game and uh, enjoying it. 
And I'll tell you what, if you're watching uh, the NBA on TNT or even uh, the NBA on ESPN, whether it's Stephen A. Smith or Shaq and Charles, they're not pulling any punches with Ben Simmons and Kyrie and uh, their thoughts on those guys and what they've done. So that's been interesting to watch too. There's a lot of discussion around that, but you know, we'll see, like I said, Celtics bucks, heat look great in the East. Joel Embiid looks like he's going to need surgery and <laughs> can doc rivers blow another three, uh, one lead. Maybe we'll, we'll know next week when we talk to you, if he's blown the three, one lead, there's no coach in NBA history has blown more three, one leads in the playoffs than doc rivers. So we'll figure that out. The Pelicans, you know, I tweeted out, if you're them, I move Zion. I move him this offseason, and I build around CJ, Brandon Ingram, and Herbert Jones, and uh, Valanciunas. Those are my four players, and I get some assets for Zion. I'm not paying Zion $150 million when he's injury prone, and I don't know what I'm going to get going forward with him, but I guarantee you someone will trade for him and they'll say, you know, we want this guy on our team and we can keep him healthy and we'll happily pay him. So if I'm New Orleans, I think what they've discovered in the playoffs so far, whether it's the play-in or this series against Phoenix, is some of their young players have turned into gems and they've got a good squad and they've got pieces they can build around. And frankly, I don't have any inside information on this, but my guess would be they're holding Zion out because they don't want him to get hurt. And they think they might trade him this offseason. And if he comes back in the playoffs and gets hurt, now he's not the commodity that he would be. If you can say, hey, I've got a healthy Zion. He's, you know, mended. And do you want to trade players or picks or whatever for him? Uh, And I think my guess is David Griffin has probably made up his mind that Zion's not a dependable player going forward either as far as health goes. He's too much of an injury risk. But Griggs, the last thing I'll say on NBA playoffs is, and I tweeted this too, if I'm David Griffin and Rob Polinka calls me on the phone, the GM of the Lakers, and says, I'll give you Anthony Davis for Brandon Ingram straight up. If I'm David Griffin, I hang up the phone. I want Brandon Ingram going forward. Not Anthony Davis, who's another person who won his ring and became a fat cat and doesn't play now and isn't dependable for LeBron and the Lakers. And uh, who would have said that a few years ago when you traded Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, uh, Alex Caruso, all these pieces to New Orleans picks for Anthony Davis. As it turns out in the long haul, yes, Anthony Davis helped get you that one title that was in the bubble that I don't know that they would have gotten otherwise. But Brandon Ingram may turn out to be the better long-term player than Anthony Davis. And you got other pieces with him for Anthony Davis. So how about looking back on that trade, Griggs? Yeah, and I think that CJ Ingram connection is just fire. I mean, they seem to be clicking really well and they're playing with, you know, they don't care. They're just out there having fun. You can see it. They're just playing. They're they're doing their game. They're winning games and they're playing great and they look good. And I think like you mentioned too, these younger players look at like a uh, pool with golden state. I mean, the guy's been phenomenal and golden state is peaking again too right now. So it's like a lot of it's more than just the big names. It's those guys that maybe no one heard about last year that are becoming uh, assets on these teams that are really helping them win games in the playoffs. Well, and give Willie green a lot of credit, the coach of new Orleans. Uh, a lot of people thought they'd get swept and sure. Phoenix is playing without Devin Booker, their best player. So You got to give them a little slack, but still they won 64 games and are the number one seed. You know, they should be taking care of business and and they're in a dogfight. So Willie Green and the Pelicans deserve a lot. The other thing I saw, and we'll end our NBA chatter on this. This was the coolest thing. This is when you know you have a superstar on your team and a leader on your team. John Morant won the most improved player award in the NBA. Griggs, I don't know if you saw this, but he delivered the most improved player award and left it on the kitchen counter at his teammate Desmond Bain's house. And Desmond Bain has been an incredibly improved player this year. Maybe not more so than Jaw, but the fact that Jaw was like, hey, this is your award. You take it. And then Desmond Bain came in and he saw it on the counter and he's like, wait a minute here. Give this back to 12. Give this back to 12. This is his award. 
when you're building that kind of a culture and your superstar player, John Morant, is that selfless, you got something good going. And you can tell that Memphis Grizzlies team, they're a tight-knit group and they play hard for each other. And yeah, this is you know one of their first playoff series together, but they're going to figure it out. And you know they've got the right culture going on there in Memphis. Yeah, I mean, NBA is a team sport. You can't, no matter how good you are, LeBron or Steph or anybody, you have to have your other four teammates out there plus the bench to help you win these games, especially through the playoffs. So Joss sees that, and the whole Memphis crew seems to just meld well with each other as teammates, and I think that obviously is going to go far. So, yeah, cool move by Ja. I like that. All right, last headline of the week. Come on, Yankees fans. I mean, Griggs, remember you and I went to a Yankees game a few years ago and, and you know, we did it right before. So did you see the classless Yankees fans throwing cans and items on the field at Cleveland Guardians players on Sunday? We tweeted this out at SB Radio on Twitter, the video. What are you doing, Yankees fans? Like, have some class. Don't throw stuff on the field. I did think it was great that Aaron Judge and... Giancarlo Stanton, they ran like to stand in front of the Guardians players and basically protect them and shield them from their own Yankees fans who were throwing things on the field at the Guardians players. This is ludicrous. And, you know, this lady that runs onto the court at the Timberwolves games and kudos to that security guard who like sniffed her out. And as soon as she took a step on the court, that lady took her down like she should be in the NFL draft this week. What are these fans doing? Is this because of the pandemic? Is it just people have lost their minds? I don't know what it is, but don't harass the players. Don't run onto the court. Don't throw things at the players at the baseball games. Come on, cut it out, everyone. I've never understood that. I just do not understand why people... Well, first of all, like the the lady at the um, at the game that ran on the court, Timberwolves game. I mean, you're, you're paying, say she's got that front row seat, paying who knows how many thousands of dollars for a seat. Then you're going to run on the court and spend the night in jail. I don't get it. Like, And then throwing stuff on the field, it's just classless and stupid. It, it's a bad look for your team. And uh, I just, I don't understand where that mindset in the human brain says, I'm going to go run on the court. I'm going to go throw a beer on the field. I don't get it. Two things. Number one, just because you buy a ticket doesn't give you license to be an idiot. Number two, there's video everywhere now. So everyone knows who the lady is who ran on the court. She's probably banned for life from those games. And then everyone knows who the fans are that threw stuff on the field at the Yankee Stadium. So I'm sure they've already identified those fans and said, you're banned for life. So do you really want to risk going to jail, being banned from the venue, Because you're going to be seen on video. This isn't like, ooh, hey, I'm doing this quietly and no one's going to notice. And No, it's on TV. There's video cameras everywhere. You're going to be banned. You're going to be thrown in jail potentially. Like, don't be an idiot if you buy a ticket. Just, you know, you can cheer and you can even boo, but don't cross that line that Yankees fans crossed and that that lady at the Timberwolves game cried. I don't even know what she was trying to do. The lady a few games ago in the play-in game tried to glue herself to the court in Minnesota. What's in the water in Minnesota? Why are these fans gluing themselves to the court and then jumping onto the court from the second row? But again, that security guard in Minnesota, she had it sniffed out. She was watching that lady. And as soon as the lady ran on the court, she tackled her and they had her off the court in about 10 seconds. So kudos to the, Minnesota security staff. Yeah, I mean, you can see, I love watching the video of her too. You could see her watching her and watching her and you see why these guys train because, uh, man, that was awesome. I agree. Put her in the NFL draft. What a defensive end rusher. She's uh, She's got it. All right. Now with NBA playoffs underway, NFL draft coming up, Major League Baseball underway, NHL playoffs, I am on my Underdog Fantasy app every night. Underdog Fantasy is the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio. It's the fastest growing fantasy app ever released with investors that include Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, Jared Goff, and many more. The Underdog Fantasy app is available at underdogfantasy.com on iOS or on Android. I love it. I play a lot of Pick'em. I do Rivals. There's best ball. It makes watching the games a lot more fun. So we've got a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. New users can get up to $100 matched on their first deposit when they use the code SBR. So download the app at underdogfantasy.com and then enter the promo code SBR to get up to $100 to play with. 
All right. Andrew Hawkins played six seasons in the NFL for the Bengals and the Browns. He's now the co-founder and president of sports technology company Status Pro. They've got a great new VR game coming out. They did a deal with the NFL and the NFLPA. That is not easy to do a deal with those two entities, but Hawk just grinds. He just gets it done. He puts his mind to it and he gets it done. So we're going to talk to him coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. My guest is Andrew Hawkins, former NFL wide receiver, undrafted free agent out of the University of Toledo. He played six seasons in the NFL for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns. He's now the co-founder and president of sports technology company Status Pro. He earned his MBA at Columbia while playing in the NFL. You can watch him as an analyst on the NFL Network. Follow him on Twitter at Hawk. Learn more about Status Pro at status.pro. Andrew, how are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Good. It's been like since 2019 since I had you on last and you're blowing up like you're doing <laughs> you're doing great things when I think about you. And when I had you on last time, like you are just a grinder. You are one of the hardest workers I know. I, I'm really excited to hear about what you're doing with Status Pro. I saw the trailer on the new title that's coming out later in the year, which we'll talk about in a minute. But why don't you start by telling us how you and Troy Jones came up with the idea for Status Pro? Well, first off, thanks for having me. And I appreciate the kind words, man. I mean, this is all me and Troy always say Status Pro is, a, is an uh, accumulation of our, our life's work in sports. Um, and I mean, I think that's the beauty of what we're doing. We're not, you know, creating buzzwords. We are not you know, researching the right things that fit in the, we are literally doing what we know and we are saying what we believe. And, mm-hmm. you know, our goal is that that, you know, rings true with the brand. And as people get exposed to the company, they can very clearly see this is exactly who we are. And so Troy and I met around five and a half years ago now. Um, and we started building this vision together, you know, roughly three and a half years ago. Um, but the whole idea was that, you know, we were two guys who started our college football careers as walk-ons and we earned scholarships. Right. And we were, you know, we felt that, you know, we were under the radar, under recruited and our talent and our ability to gain division one scholarships proved that, you know, obviously I went on to play in the national football league, but it was this whole idea of number one, being able to, you know, affect the players and the athletes in sports to for them to maximize their opportunity as an athlete and through their careers, but also democratize what that's like for people who don't have the ability um, to go play on a professional level or the college ranks. And we thought the best way to do that was through gamification. And so as we started out building the training product, which we would simulate reps for NFL level athletes and NFL organizations for them to get extra mental reps um, going into a game or in an off season, you know, we quickly realized that this was a perspective that fans who love football or love any sport have never had, have never had the ability to step onto an NFL field or, you know, into a basketball arena or in a track or, uh, you know, in a, in a pool that for the people that actually compete. And we understood there was an opportunity for us to let everybody see that perspective. Um, and quite honestly, you know, raise the floor of, the experience of everybody who's involved in sports. Yeah, I, I love it because you've got the advantage of you were an elite pro athlete. You played in the NFL, so did Troy. And you guys know technology. So tell me how this deal came about with the NFL and NFL PA. Again, uh, the NFL Pro era will be available in fall 2022. It's not easy getting deals done with the NFL and the NFLPA, but you guys got this done. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It was not an easy process, um, but nothing about you typically is, right? I right. Mean, this is, the beauty of Troy and I is we are very similar in that way. We just go to work. We don't, you know, bog our minds down with what's impossible. We only think about the things that we want to do, and if it's very hard, we just work tirelessly to get it done. That's that's how this deal came about. You know, we we had a specific process that we went through. It was not easy. We had to um, hit a lot of check boxes, and you know, also had a, a a rigorous assurance period with all the parties involved. But we just knew we had something special. We knew that we were the best position to do it. You know, as it pertains to again giving the point of view of an athlete, 
an athlete does that best. I can tell you what that feels like, what it sounds like, what the, you know, the roar of the crowd is like, what the locker room is like, walking out of the tunnel in all these different emphases. And it was a matter of bringing everybody into a room and creating the experience. And our, our whole ethos from the very beginning was, okay, there's the status quo that people are typically used to with these experiences or, or sports games. How do we take it beyond that? How do we bring in expert level developers and engineers? How do we bring in, you know, people who have built brands of some of the biggest and coolest companies as it pertains to sports and bring in that firsthand experience of the people that have actually been there into one room. And instead of one side or the other building something, what if we build it in collaboration? Could we make something special? Could we take something beyond the status quo? And that's how the company was born. And that's, you know, that pitch, that um, process. And we had to show and prove that to our partners was what enabled us to get this, get these deals done. There's a lot of people who listen to this and they don't know how to build the right team. How do you build the team around you? You just kind of described, you know, you went out and got the best developers and, and how do you build that team? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me personally, I've always uh, prided myself on being able to spot talent, hmm. spot ability, spot passion. And that's, you know, I originally wanted to be a general manager because it is something I think I'm very good at, but I, the thing that makes it special for us is that we don't, I don't need to see you on a, a 40 under 40 list. I don't need to see a bunch of articles. I don't need all these things. If you have to work at these places and you had to know these people for me to think you're good. Cause I honestly don't think that that's the key. I think there's a, a number of talented people um, who have the ability and the motivation to do something different, to do something cool, to do something innovative. And for us, it was finding those people who sit at a certain intersection and also have the passion because that we're all driven by passion. You got to really want what you're, you're wanting to, to solve. You got to really want to solve these issues and problems and to create something new. And so for us, we never want to be the smartest people in any room. We know what we know and we know a lot of, a little bit about a lot of things, but there are experts in every little thing. And for as many of those experts as we can, find that have a passion for what we're doing and they want to um, run the show in their specific expert category, we feel like we can get us in a room and, and bring it all together. But first we got to find those people who are smarter than us in all these different areas. And I think we've done a good job so far. And, you know, I think just in the startup and business space, you're always on the hunt for those kind of people. So we are absolutely still doing that. And we're excited about how strong our team has, has gotten so far and, and honestly how strong it will be in the future. So Status Pro just dropped the official trailer for NFL Pro era. Mm -hmm. It features the up-close view from NFL quarterback Lamar Jackson. I don't know if I can think of a better player to showcase at the quarterback position for that trailer. How'd you get Lamar involved? Yeah, so Lamar, we started talking to years ago, him and his manager. Um, and they are very a tight-knit group. You know, I think if you know anything about the behind the scenes of sports, anybody would tell you that. Um, but they they are a group that moves off conviction. And to be honest, they were probably the first ones that seen our technology and said, yo, this is the future. Hmm. Like, however we can be a part of it, you let us know. And it, this is at a time when we're trying to get, I mean, even the most minuscule of, of partnerships and people to see what we're doing. And no one, no one would take us seriously. People laughed us out of, out of rooms. We told them what we were setting out to do. They said, it's impossible. You're wasting your time. You should pivot. Um, you know, and, and again, I can't stress enough, Lamar and his team, they, they seen the vision from the very beginning. And for us, it was a home run because we were like, hey, we're going to create a video game. Why not get the player who is most like a video game to start? And right. It's a full... This is, this is full NFL. So Lamar is just, yeah, he was a feature in this one, but this is everybody in the league. But to your point, he does en encapsulate what this game is, which is, you know, the, the video game-like nature of playing a quarterback, making those decisions from the pocket, but also, you know, take, taking off in the ability to run. So I think that was exciting for us. And again, I can't tip my hat to Lamar enough because he, he absolutely seen the vision before anybody else did. All right, I'm going to ask you a question for our audience who isn't familiar with virtual reality. Explain how virtual reality works. If I'm going to be, you know, putting on the the headset or you know the goggles and and 
you know, pretending that I'm Lamar Jackson. Like, how does this all work? Yeah. So virtual reality essentially immerses you in a completely different world, which I think is the beauty of not only gaming, but VR um, in and of itself, because gaming is the most innovative space in the world because you can create whatever world you want to. And then virtual reality takes it to a new level. So this is the only technology where you can put yourself in these shoes of a quarterback. And I'm not even kidding. It feels like you're in an NFL game. That was the thing that blew me away when we first started on this track was that as someone who's, you know, played nine years of professional football, um, you know, we had an early mode where, where I was a receiver and it, it felt exactly like it did on Sunday. Wow. It, it actually blew me away. And so, you know, for people who haven't tried VR but are fans of sports, like I'm very excited for you to, to try this product because it will give you a perspective of the game that you probably didn't even know was possible because it absolutely feels like you are you are in the shoes of your favorite athlete. And it's not a passive experience. You're in control. You're making those decisions. You're making those passes. You're reading that defense. You are being able to take off and run. You're getting away from those defenders who are coming at you. It is a very, very cool experience. And we're excited about what this could mean for the future. So it's tons of credibility to get someone like Lamar on board early. But I look at status pros investors. You've got LeBron, Maverick Carter, Naomi Osaka, Drake. You've got investment groups like Graycroft. Uh, Verizon Ventures, Haslam Sports Group, 49ers Enterprises. Hawk, when you're building something and you have names like that associated with what you're building, it, it's got to open some eyes around you and make things a little bit more credible, right? I, I think so. I, I mean, I, 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 we hope so, right? And I mean, even to get to those names, even individually, it was not a, it was not an easy task. I mean, this is a space that everybody is creating something. Everybody is doing something new. And, you know, for me, Status pro was always the goal. Troy and I talked about this years and years ago. And, you know, he was at a different company and we originally talked about it in a way of us coming together for a partnership, um, you know, just our, between our companies. But, it, you know, we always say the smaller part of a wet, watermelon is better than the greater part of a grape. And so we decided to bring these things together. And I say that because we were all both setting out in our sports business world with this end game in mind. Um, individually and in this business you have to show and prove you have to be able to go and go into a space and leave it better than where you got it and that 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 creates a reputation and that reputation is important and you have to be able to speak on your conviction say what you believe early on don't wait for the next person to confirm or deny something but you know you have to say what you believe because over time that's going to be your resume and so for the investors that we were able to get these are people that not only did we paint our vision to them, they've seen firsthand our track record of success in other in other areas. Um, and I think that is important when you're when you're approaching investors. It's not just about an idea. Great ideas turn up nothing all the time. And that there's not even a guarantee of, of us being successful because the market will dictate a lot of that. But, you know, for for the people that do believe in what you're doing, do believe you have the ability to bring it to life and, and believe in your work ethic. Your reputation is everything. And I think the beauty of what we've been able to do is build that team of investors because our track record preceded us. And, you know, our goal is to to build on that and hopefully open the doors for others that are like us. Yeah, it's interesting. I've had Andre Guadalla and I've had Mark Cuban on. And I've asked them, when you're investing, what's the number one thing you look for? And they talk about the founder. They're investing in the founder and the passion and the credibility of the founder. The product is important, but they want to know that this founder is going to be tireless and, you know, grind in an effort to make the company successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's, I mean, that's the, that's the name of the game. And so even, you know, me going to work at all these places and do all these things, like you said, I was on the show, but three years ago now, um, and I wanted that reputation to precede me. And my co-founder, Troy, is very much the same way. Like, you know, it's some things will align for you, but it'll be what you work for. And I, and I do work tirelessly. Anybody who knows me, I think, knows that. And my partner is the same way. We are up early to bed late. And I don't recommend that for everybody. This is a, not a life or, a, you know, a process that fits every personality. But for me, it's always been who I've been. It's always who I've been as a player. It's always who I've been as a person. Um, and 
the goal is the goal. And, and I, I just can't shut out until, you know, we see this thing all the way through. And I think that's the beauty of what we've done so far. We have so much work to do, but that's the exciting part is that we put ourselves in a position for the biggest obstacle left to be the work. And that's the thing we feel most confident in. One of the things that's changed so much with gaming is the authenticity of the data that's used in the game. You know, it used to be back in the day, oh, someone would get a random rating or, or whatever. Like you're gathering authentic data to incorporate it into the game. Explain to our audience how you get that data. Yeah, so we, we pull from a number of places, um, some of which we're not at liberty to say. Um, but we pull from a number of places that are, is authentic NFL player data. And it, you know, affects almost nearly every portion of the game, even down to um, the tendencies of the team you're playing, which are updated uh, on a weekly basis based on the, the NFL game data. Like, this is an immersive world. There is an element of storytelling to video games um, that we're bringing forward. And this is a brand new POV that nobody has had. And so we're trying to make that as authentic as possible from a storytelling standpoint, from what you hear from an audio, what you're visually seeing, the process and what you're going about a game. But also we wanted to back that with real data to make it even that much more authentic, especially in this day and age of access and people wanting, having such a deep appetite for the realist version of everything that's what we're trying to create with our game and our, and our process. And we use data to do that. Do you see a day where VR is like the main way that people are, are gaming and, and, you know, again, it's so lifelike and, and real. Do you think that's, you know, fast forward five, 10 years from now, people are doing VR more than any other way of gaming? Um, I definitely see a path there. I mean, there's so many things that uh, have to happen until then. I mean, a lot of it is luck as well. Like we didn't know there was going to be a global pandemic that right. you know boosted VR the way that it has over the last two years, right? But it was just we seen the vision for this literally five years ago. Of man, eventually these headsets are going to be very small. The graphics are going to be incredible. They're going to be wireless. You're going to be able to train in these things. You're going to be able to put yourself in worlds that you've never thought of. And we wanted to be in first position as it pertains to sports, and so that's what we started building towards. In the next five to 10 years, I absolutely see a lane where this, um, where VR is probably five to 10 times what it is now. Um, I can't say if it'll be the main, the main way, but if you study people, if you study where we are in the world, like I just spoke about, people have an appetite for seeing something as real as they possibly can. Social media has created that. We don't want to see the TV version anymore. We don't want to hear, you know, LeBron speak on a press conference the way that you're used to hearing athletes speak. We want to hear him speak the way he speaks when he's on his TV show, The Shop, and he's being his authentic self. I want to see who you really are. I want to see what your life is like. I want to see what it's like to be in the shoes of these people. VR gives you the opportunity to do that. And that's what we're building for. We want to build for the most, you know, the closest one-to-one -one experience of these sports that we all love. And, and, and a lot of us build our lives around. Um, because it is, it does boil down to storytelling and just giving you a brand new perspective, which is has always been successful through the history of, of human nature. Did you find when you made this deal with the NFL and NFLPA the fact that you're a former player and that you've kind of been part of the quote unquote family helped with making that deal? Um, if I'm being honest, I would say not really. Um. I think it helped in the sense that it gave me the keys to know how to navigate these worlds. Hmm. Um, but I, you know, and I, and I've been around the NFL and NFL football and the NFL players association my whole life. Right. Like I have family members that have played, my brother played 10 years in the national football league. Um, and so literally I am a lifelong in the business of sports, you know? So I think people see me as an athlete, which I am. And that's something I'm extremely proud of. And it set the precedent for everything I'm accomplishing now. But I have always looked at this from the business point of view because I think that's that's how you get the most out of it. Um, but in this process, I think that was navigation telling me. I think what helped me most is just I think the reputation that I was able to build in my opportunity as a as an athlete. Right, I was an NFLPA representative, you know, and so I advocated on behalf of players in that. Um, you know, me and certain ownership groups in the NFL have a great experience because I felt like I was a good steward of the game. Um, a good steward for athletes and represented what a you you 
want your players to represent, but also the players that, you know, I, I think even they could see and say, hey, look what he's done with this little slice of a career that he had. If I can, if he could do it with that slice of a career, imagine what I could do. So I think all those things uh, mattered. My co-founder as well uh, used to work at the NFLPA. So he had a number of relationships too, you know, so again, I would say it helped us with knowing how to navigate it. Um, but I, I don't think it would be accurate to say because we, you know, we had background as athletes that we got to do it done. Cause there's a number of players that have come through like 30,000 NFL players and none of them have had this license that our, that, that our, our, our company has been able to, to, uh, obtain. Yeah. It's quite a feat. One of the things we talked about when you were on with me a couple of years ago is the importance of when you're a pro athlete using your platform to build those relationships. A lot of people don't start building those until after their career's done or it's winding down. You were going to Columbia while you were playing in the NFL. You were building relationships while you were playing. I, I've got to imagine that's all helped you now. Oh, no question. I mean, it's, I mean, it's probably the single most important thing that I've, I've, I've done. And, and my, my partner, he's very much the same way. You know, you build these relationships, you add value to people too. I think that's the important thing that it's not just, Hey, look, we're connected on LinkedIn or we've met at a conference or something. It's figuring out a way to add value to somebody else's situation. And that comes back to you over time. Right. And I think for, for us, we always just wanted to do good business. We always wanted to affect things positively um, until the time came when we can build our own thing. Um, and I think that's what I've tried to do over my career, uh, Troy as well. And I think to this point, we've been pretty successful. And now we're in a position where we get the opportunity to to kind of write our own ship. And um, it's exciting. But in that, we still need a lot of those same people. Some of the, a lot of the partnerships that we've we've obtained so far and that we're chasing and the conversations that we're having are relationships that have been built over the last 15 years in the sports industry. Um, and some of them were, weren't, they weren't top executives when we met. They were interns at some point. It was a classmate, maybe at Columbia or, you know, someone who's doing design at a firm. And he's just an intern level or a junior level person that over 10, the course of 10 to 15 years, you know, they're, when they're talented, then that doesn't change. They climb the ladder and now they're in a position of decision-making and there's, they are uh, running the strategy at some of these places and, because of those those relationships and ex experiences, they could say, oh, okay, I know what Troy Jones is like. I know what Andrew Hawkins is like. I know what kind of work they do. This is worth exploring and seeing if we can make one plus one equal three. I want to talk to you in the remaining minutes about the NFL draft and just some NFL storylines, if you don't mind. So the draft is coming up this week. It seems like there's going to be a lot of defensive players, offensive linemen. You don't have the, you know, the quarterbacks and the running backs and the wide receivers in this draft. What are kind of the, the main storylines that you're seeing for this draft? Yeah, I would say that. I would say there's not as much um, hoopla around, you know, the quarterback position, which is the probably the overall theme. Um there's so many young, good quarterbacks in the NFL now that it's 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 cool to see this kind of changing of the guard of the old to the new school. And in this draft, when you have that, there is going to be a focus more on, I would say, you know, edge rushers or cornerbacks or offensive linemen, because a lot of people have these really, really young, talented quarterbacks in the NFL now. And the focus is either, you know, sacking them, protecting them or forcing them to throw interceptions. So it is this ebb ebb and flow of the process. This is just one of those years where, yeah, you'll be talking about a lot of, a lot of other positions. Um, but I do think there's a couple quarterbacks that are going to shock some people and, and, and still be able to climb into those ranks of the young, talented quarterbacks that we've all been talking about recently, like the Joe Burrows and the Lamars and you know, the Justin Herberts and what have you. I'm just wondering what happens to Malik Willis. Cause I, I mean, you know, I'm no NFL GM, but I watched this guy on tape and he looks incredible and i'm like why why are people not clamoring to draft him in the first few picks well you know i think it's this is this is this is what makes the nfl so exciting you get to follow these storylines right you get to you know lamar jackson was he'll never play quarterback right. in the nfl and then he becomes one of the only ever unanimous mvps and the youngest to ever do that and i think 
that emotion, that ability to, to again, watch the storylines play out, watch how the characters, uh, you know, take that criticism or praise and what they do with it. And to your point, Malik, Malik Willis, he is a very, very talented young guy, but there's so many factors that factor into being a successful NFL quarterback. So it'll be exciting to watch him take all those things and, and put his spin on it and, and see where he fares and where he ends up. Hawk, you played in Cleveland. Obviously, one of the big storylines in the offseason, Deshaun Watson signs with the Browns. $230 million guaranteed, despite all the noise that's around him. Did Cleveland have to overpay to that extent to get him? Um, well, you know, overpay is, is, is subjective, right? I mean, you know, you could say it's an overpay, but if, if it is what it takes to get him to Cleveland, then that's just what the price is. And that's, that in and of itself is, is, is business. So, you know, if they, if that was a quarterback, they think that they want it. There's a price tag that comes with that. And are you, are you willing to walk away from a deal? That is what all this always boils down to. Whoever's willing to say no typically holds the cards. And I would imagine in that scenario, as we all seen it, it play out, Deshaun Watson was in a very powerful position to say no to certain organizations and teams. And the Browns were in a position to say, hey, if this is our guy, we're going to do whatever it takes to go get him. I think there's going to be a ripple effect that happens throughout the league um, because of that. And, you know, even as it pertains to Lamar, a lot of people talk about him not having representation and, and an agent. And I would argue that by him waiting and not signing his deal, he's made himself a lot of money that I don't know if any agent would have recommended him do. But the uh, bar for guaranteed money, as you pointed out, has jumped significantly now. So it is interesting to see how uh, the ripple effect will happen as it pertains to guaranteed money and quarterback contracts going forward. Well, and it's jumped for wide receivers, too. You look at Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. Like It seems like if you're an offensive player – the guaranteed money, this has been the offseason where it's jumped. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely been one of those years. Why do you think that is? What what led to that? Is it just people being more desperate than ever to, hey, I got to land the right quarterback or the right uh, offensive player? Or is there something in the market that shifted? I, I, I think it's just so much predicated on that position, man. I mean, the Browns are a good example. They had a very, very, very talented roster, and there was just a hump they couldn't get over. Um, the teams who have a quarterback that is solidified as one of the, you know, we call them one of the top five guys talent-wise, you know, they're always in it. Um, and you would hope that you can build a roster around them to, to get you over the hump. But we've also seen it with the, the Los Angeles Rams, you know, very, very talented team. One piece, as it pertains to a quarterback, uh, put them over the hump with all the other talent they have. So I think if you're trying to win a championship, there's a very clear formula, um, and that formula is having one of those top guys. Well, or you look at the Bengals, and okay, Joey Burrow is healthy. You know they draft a great wide receiver. If you're another team in the NFL, you can go, wait a minute. The Bengals were really bad the year before and in the Super Bowl the next year. Why can't we do that? Don't you think that teams are going to take a little bit more risk saying we could be the Bengals and go from bad to really good in, in a couple of years? If you got a quarterback, yeah. I mean, that's always been the case. And I think we may be Jedi mind check ourselves to believe otherwise. But the reality is there's not Joe Burrows uh, growing on trees. You know, he right. has. He is a very special player. I would argue he's a top five quarterback even already. And he's honestly just scratching the surface of everything that he's going to become in this league. So, yeah, if you can have a Joe Burrow, things flip relatively quickly. They're just very, very hard to get and come by. Last question for you. You've talked about playing the long game. You've done so much in the last three years since we spoke. What's ahead for you? Um, I would say building status, bro. This is, this is it. This is like... This is something that I've been thinking about for, uh, you know, a, a decade now. And specifically with this idea, probably six to seven years as is my partner. Um, this is always everything that we've, I've done to this point was a was a build up to get to here. Hmm. There's so many things that even beyond what we're doing from a technology standpoint um, and some of the partnerships and really cool, innovative things we're doing that we want to represent and what that we want to affect and how we want to create opportunities for people. So this is absolutely a, a culmination, of, like I said, of our life's work and something I'm excited to continue to build and 
and, and hopefully that when people look back, they'll say, man, that that was a long lasting impact well beyond uh, Andrew Hawkins tenure on this earth. Tell you what, you've talked about being a GM in the future. I think you might be a team owner in the future. You're going to be a, a billionaire from all that you're doing, and then you're going to own a team one day. I would love to see that. Yeah, you and me both. We'll <laughs> Follow him on Twitter at Hawk. Learn more about Status Pro at status.pro. Andrew Hawkins, thank you so much. I'm so happy for your success. You're one of the hardest workers I know. It's great to see people who work hard get rewarded with good things. So thanks for joining me on Sports Business Radio. I can't thank you enough. I appreciate you having me. Thanks, Hawk. Hey, everyone. Brian Berger here. You might have heard my conversation with Nate Chackets, the co-founder and CEO of Roan a few weeks ago on Sports Business Radio. If you missed it, definitely check it out. Roan is the new official menswear partner of Sports Business Radio. I love their product. I've been a fan for a long time. Did you know David Stern was one of their first investors? Roan makes the absolute highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable performance-driven clothing for men. Their entire line places emphasis on an active, balanced, and purpose-driven lifestyle. I'm wearing my spar joggers. I've got them in uh, heather gray. I've got them in navy. I've got my moleskin commuter slim pant. I've got my regular black commuter pant. I've got my dress shirts. So when I'm out in in-person meetings, I have the nicer Roan product to wear. But most of the time, I'm working from home. And I've got my rain long sleeve gray heather camo. I've got my rain long sleeve hoodies. I am wearing the shorts for workouts, the seven inch Mako shorts. So I'll tell you what, from top to bottom, whether it's casual or business wear, Roan has me covered. I know they're going to have you covered too. And Roan is offering sports business radio podcast listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to Roan. Dot com R H O N E dot com and enter code SBR fifteen at checkout like Sports Business Radio fifteen SBR fifteen at checkout receive fifteen percent off your purchase. That's Roan dot com R H O N E dot com and enter promo code SBR fifteen at checkout. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions. GriggsProductions.com.